It could well trigger a new era for our national game. The Gaelic Players Association met formally for the first time in Belfast last night. Players probably feel it's time that maybe some of their ideas were heard. The Breakaway Gaelic Players Association and the GAA hierarchy seem set on a collision course tonight. And the official recognition agreement between the GAA and GPA uh, provides for um, joint commercial ventures. The player development programme that's in place is something that's vital to the well-being of our players. You do your utmost to, to serve the members and uh, that excites me a whole bunch. Every day, you know, we're working with players. They're the centre of everything that we do. You're very welcome along to the Players Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association. My name is Kieran McSweeney and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Leash Footballer, Colin Begley. Colin, an exciting week for inter-county players, inter-county teams, back collective training, games now on the horizon. Um, it must be a relief and it must be very enjoyable as well. We're back, baby. We're back. Yeah, we made it. Um, yeah, look, it's it's... Not even relief. It's just very exciting, I suppose, for players. If you look around on some some lads' um, social medias, and there's pictures and videos going up, and like giddy kids, and uh, it was very exciting. Back on Tuesday night was our first session. It was very exciting until 15 minutes through, and then it was like small set of games where like lads were on their on their knees, <laughs> and I realised I'm still an old man. So um, it's it's great to be back here, and I think it's a bit of excitement buzzing around the place at the moment. Um, and it'd be good then, obviously, to have our guests on later on today to talk about how we can still support players. But overall, it's a, it's a huge step for us. Yeah, and I suppose, look, aside from the football fact, the, 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 the football element of it, just getting back and being back in the dressing room, back, or not in a dressing room at the moment, but back in that atmosphere of back with teammates, that must be, um, that must be a huge boost. Yeah, it is. Like, it's, a, it's a great energy boost for, for every player involved. And, you know, it's a real camaraderie back in, in the group again. Bit of excitement, you know. Everyone's been training on their own for the last while, which is all well and good. But I think um, everyone's looking for some way of, of getting a little bit back as regards interaction and engagement, even outside of football. But for us, we have this now as, a, as an outlet. And I bought fancy new white boots, Kieran. It's um, I think Netflix are interested in doing a documentary with me. It's say um, something similar to the the last dancing. It's going to be called the last shuffle. Um, <laughs> each player basically in his last year. <laughs> if you know, I keep on saying it, we're going to retire, but. Um, I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's uh, positive to be back with the boys, and really looking forward to the year ahead. And just from your own fitness point of view, um, how were the sessions? Um, the sessions were good. Holding <laughs> up okay, fitness wise. Um, like it's been funny enough. I'd say every player would say this. The individual training, like you get, you should be pretty fit because all you can do is run, like really, you know. And I think a lot of boys have been given good programs from most counties. I know we have been looked after very well. I know Ross mentioned that in another, um, one of our podcasts, but um, just the concern now is managing the load here. I think it's important, especially for all timers like me. But, um, you know, we are back in four weeks, three for hurling. Um, so it's nearly some responsibility on players too to, to be cognizant of how they're, how they're managing the load and, and getting themselves back to, to playing speed in four weeks' time or three weeks' time. That's not easy. Um, and I just I encourage players to speak to be aware of this and, and listen to their bodies a bit, you know. Um I think it's hugely important that they take a little bit of ownership and, and discuss things with their manager. Um, especially young players too, you know. Don't be afraid to talk to your management, talk to your S and C coaches, talk to your physios. 
um, give them give them information and feedback because we all want to get back playing games. And as you say, look, there's great excitement about being back on the pitch in terms of training games on the horizon. But in this episode of the Players' Voice, we did want to, I suppose, give a reminder to players as well and former players too of the supports that are in place for players and former players to concentrate on their development off the pitch as well. And while we know the the on the pitch stuff will be front of mind and a lot of people will be concentrating on that at the moment, those supports are always there through our player development programmes, through our educational supports. And we'll be hearing from our player development manager, Ian Reeves, and from our events player, alumni and education manager, Karen Thorpe, in just a few moments about those. But was just to emphasise to players that while the on the pitch stuff is obviously vitally important, not to completely forget about the off-field development. Yeah, no, like we see the impact it makes in here, and I think Ian will talk more about that as well, especially with the one-to-one coaching. And I understand as a player myself, the desire now and the main focus will be on getting yourself right to play and, and getting back into competitive games. But, you know, there is still a very good opportunity and, and, and I think advantage of, of engaging this personal development and some of our services because, you know, having a full focus totally on the football hurl and a camogie sometimes can be not the right thing for you and um, to be able to pull away from that and, and make sure you're not losing out in some other areas of your life too is vitally important. So I'm really looking forward to hearing Ian talk about it and have Karen talk about the advancements we've made with the education and how people can engage with that because, like I said before, um, the more messages we can get across the players about how, how useful this is and how they can avail of, of these programmes the better it is for us and for the players. So really excited to hear from them. And we'll be hearing from Ian and from Karen very shortly indeed. The Gaelic Players Association, representing the interests of all intercounty players, protecting their welfare on and off the pitch and supporting their development as people. Well, we're delighted to be joined now on the Players' Voice by Karen Thorpe, who is the Events Player Alumni and Education Manager at the Gaelic Players Association, and Ian Reeves, who is the Player Development Manager at the Gaelic Players Association. And look, we thought it was important to talk to the two guys this week in particular, with inter-county training now back, probably more of a focus of players' times on the pitch. But just to get that reminder there that it's also important to remember to develop yourselves away from the pitch. Um, and that's what we want to talk to Karen and Ian about. Ian, um, thanks very much for your time, first of all. And um, can you tell us, first of all, Ian, just in terms of your day-to-day, what, what is your role and, and how, does, how do you fulfil it? Thanks, Karen, for having me. My role is Player Development Manager within the association, and that is working on a one-to-one level with inter-county players from the 32 counties in their personal, professional and psychological well-being and growth. Work alongside Jenny to provide personal development coaching to members and then also signpost them and direct them to alternative avenues and support structures that are available through the player development programme. And how long have you been in the role, Ian? Been in the role four years in May. I've been with the GPA. Began as an intern and they couldn't get rid of me. So I'm there. I'm there ever since. Um. So yeah, really enjoy it. It's a, it's a really it's a really satisfying role to be able to see individuals develop both on and off the field. And Karen, same question to yourself. You might just tell us a little bit about your own role within the GPA and how long you've been with the association. Sure. Um, I think I'm a lifer at this stage. I'm here almost seven years, so it'll be seven years in October. And um, similar to Ian, I started in a different role. I was actually executive assistant to the CEO. 
um, at the time, but I've progressed through different roles in the association and I currently manage events, player alumni, education and the Jim Madden GPA leadership programme. Um, and Karen, what does that entail in terms of the education side of things on a day to day basis? So my main focus on the education side of things would be answering queries from our current and former members who are either currently studying in education or looking to get back to education and giving them some some advice about how they can progress through that. Um, and look, I suppose this week is a big week, obviously, for inter-county players, the return to inter-county training, games on the horizon. And I know we're all really looking forward to, to seeing the guys back out on the pitch um, and, and teams back out on the pitch playing um, league and championship matches. But as I said at the intro, we want to just a, a little reminder here that not to forget about their off-field development. And that, I suppose, Ian, is something that you really emphasise to players on a daily basis. Definitely. I think the, the concept of a dual career, so the development of other areas of your life is equally as important. In layman's terms, it's, it's putting your eggs in a couple of different baskets, whether that's in your education, your career, your relationships, your personal development, um, your holistic well-being as a whole. So as inter-county players, as amateur players, they need to develop a dual career. And the work that I do through the player development program is supporting the development of, of a dual career. It's seeking to mitigate risks of when a player retires from the game, the risks that are associated with a high athletic identity. It's seeking to expand the individual's identity. From that, then, it's, it's a really key opportunity for them to develop their transferable skills overall increase their quality of life, their life satisfaction. It maximizes their focus when they go to training, but then also when they leave training, they want to focus on their career, their education, their personal well-being. And on the flip side of that, it reduces distractions. So overall, it's looking to focus more. And with that in mind, when, when players are developing off the field, they're better equipped to develop on the field, which naturally then has a knock-on effect on their on-field performance. Just, um, just on, <clears throat> sorry, what? Just, sorry, I was just going to ask Ian around that whole area of athletic identity, and you might talk to us about about that and why it is important that players don't just see themselves as athletes. The term athletic identity is the scale to which an individual associates themselves as being an athlete. There is risks associated with having solely focusing your identity on being an athlete, such as if you're dropped by the manager, if you become injured and fall out of the team, if you're deselected, and then also when you retire. We can't, unfortunately, play inter-county football and hurling or sport in general as a whole for our entire life. So when we do retire, we need to have the foundations, whether it's education, personal related or career related in place so if we don't seek to develop our identity outside the game what can happen then when we come to transition become deselected get dropped is that we can face into extremely challenging times from a psychological point of view which then results in some players and some athletes um, focusing on whether it's antisocial behavior and can get themselves caught up in a little bit of a whirlwind. So from my perspective, and the research that has been done worldwide, 
it shows that if players can invest in their life away from sport, starting from an early stage that they begin playing elite sport, the easier it is for them to transition out of the game when that does come, but also to enhance their performance on the field throughout their career. Yeah, that's a great point about the transitioning. Like I think we've seen, I know you've seen it, and I've seen it even, even with the transition program um, over the last two years, that players who have engaged in their personal development off the field, either with, our, with us or in their own accord, definitely are better prepared. But just from a player's perspective, I'm, I'm just thinking now of me as a player and my squad, right? We know the impact that this, the one-to-one coaching is probably our most impactful program we have, or definitely one of them, because it obviously branches out into different things. But I think when people hear about it, they kind of go, well, okay, I need to know what I want. One-to-one coaching seems very full-on and serious. Um, and it's only for guys or, or girls who are you know, very clear or looking to really advance themselves in certain specific areas. Can, can you break it down to really, like, you know, from someone who knows what they want from it or people who are just maybe looking to try and get some more guidance? Like, you've probably found different cohorts of players that have come to you. Um, can you give me more explanation about how it can help different people um, at different stages of their lives or at different, I suppose, points in their thinking, if you know what I mean? Yeah, perfect. So I think to break down the what is personal development coaching first would probably be the, the best place to start. Yeah. So that would start off with discussing where the individual is at with all segments of their lives, seeing what the current reality, current reality is, what's going well, what's not going so well, where's the room for improvement. It might seem for them, it, it might seem for them that it's quite busy, and it's up to the personal development coach, myself or other, to help the individual to identify the developmental areas or where they would like to improve and how might they do that. That is then to identify the goal. And from there, between the reality and the goal, there's a gap. And there could be a gap of behavior, competence, skill, knowledge, resources, whatever it might be. Yeah. And then through coaching conversations, we seek to support the player in identifying how might they go about achieving that goal. Now, that goal might be related to their to a career progression, a career move, career development. It could be education-related, returning to edu- education part-time, upskilling on a part-time level, or returning to education on a full-time basis. It could be related to their personal lifestyle, their organization and planning, their management of their busy schedules, time management, relationships, their holistic well-being. Yeah. It could be business development. It could be psychological well-being. So COVID-19 has been a change and a shake-up, but a strengths-based approach to proactively, preventively minding and taking care of your psychological well-being um, so that the individual can get the best out of themselves. So it's 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 holistic overall, Colm, is, is the best way that yeah. I describe it. No, it, may, it makes sense because I think, I think when people hear about it or players hear about it, and I know some of my players from my panel have went through the coaching and found it really useful, but they've definitely been on different different points in their life or even looking for different things from it. Some are looking for a refocus, you know, as in where should I be aiming or putting my energy towards. They know they need some kind of guidance in that area. And others have a very specific target. They want to improve their career. But I think that's the really important thing about it, that this this kind of service works for all players, male, female, different stages of their life. Myself and Jenny have done a really good job with engaging younger and older players. And like for me, I, I've been through the coaching before um, when I was younger and I got what well, I needed to get over then and then when I was older. So it's a, the holistic approach is really important to, to, for people to take on board. And it's not like just sitting down and 
and I need to get a really serious plan in place about where I want to go. It's about, you know, what do I need now um, as a person, as a player? I think the, the, the key point is that I've found the players that are in much better space for themselves too on the field, you know, um, that I've engaged with. Um, I, think, I think that's really important. So I think it's great that, it, that it's kind of been made aware to, to more players and more players are engaging in this time as well. I think isn't that one of the key elements to it, um, Colm and, and Ian and, and Karen as well, is that like it's it's personal development. So it will be personal personal to that individual. It's not going to be the same for everyone. 100%, Karen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, and Ian will talk more to that, I'm sure. But like, you know, if you think about even COVID and what it's done, and it's kind of, I think, reshaped some of the players' minds and refocused on their personal lives a bit more. We, we had a little bit of a release from, from playing sports, which we... We're missing, obviously, we're back to it now, which is great. But I think in that time last year when you weren't able to play and we had to focus on our careers and our personal life a bit more and it was difficult, I think even though it was a bad, challenging time, it definitely opened people's minds to, you know, what do I need in my personal life and how can I focus more on that? And can we have you on board too? And and you will definitely see an increase in, in education about guys and, and girls going looking to go back and, upskill themselves in different areas and um, whether it be the high end of a master's or MBA or even just in through your education and training fund looking to improve skills and, uh, and and new tasks absolutely I think um what COVID showed a lot of people that was when the game was taken away there was so much spare time in their lives so what we found was a massive increase in queries about players looking to either get back to education or upskilling and um, like we always say all of our members manage dual careers so that's on field and off field and while they might be excelling on the pitch, it's important that you can also develop yourself off the pitch and ensure that you have a fulfilling career um, and a fulfilling social life and family life. So I think um, education and upskilling can definitely assist with that. And we've definitely seen a massive uptake over 2020 and early 2021 in that area. I suppose, Karen, as you say, there's a massive uptake in that area, but there's been uh, massive strides made as well across the last 12 months in terms of what is available for players, former players, etc. You might talk to us now about what is there available in terms of um, institutions, educational institutions, the scholarships, the enhanced scholarships as well that are available to players. Great. I think the first thing to highlight is that there's education funding options available to both current and former players um, who are members of the association. So that includes footballers, hurlers, ladies football and camogie players. And the second thing to highlight would be that the funding applies to not only third level education courses, but also other non-academic courses and upskilling courses. So there's something in there um, that's available for everyone. In terms of the different areas, so we, we offer education advice, but on top of that, there's three different funding option um, options available. So I'll just run through those with you. So the first would be third level scholarships, and this is probably the most common one currently. Um, so it applies to any current players who are studying full-time degree level courses in a third level institution. So that could be someone currently studying an undergrad, a postgraduate, a master's, an MBA, all the way up to PhD level courses. Um, so that's a really positive one that's available. The second one would be education and training funding. So that's available to all current and former players. So it basically includes any courses outside of a full-time undergrad or postgraduate course. Um, so it could be a part-time postgraduate course, um, different upskilling courses, short courses or non-academic courses. And what I mean by that is we, some, we have some members that might be working, for example, in farming and might be looking to study a green cert. And that would fall under the education and training funding. So it's not only academic courses that you can apply for this funding for. 
The third one we have, um, which is really, really popular, is our enhanced scholarships. So it's available to both current and former players again. Um, and the scholarships are offered for specific postgraduate courses that are in partnership with a selection of third level institutions around Ireland. So um, over the past year or so, we've grown um, our education partners quite vastly. We currently have about 15 different partners on board and that's different colleges in different counties in Ireland. So it's really positive and there's something kind of in there for everyone again. Um, but with the information on all of those education partners, they can be found on our website or through the members app. And as you say, Karen, we, we have increased the, the footprint of those partners in terms of now being right around around the island. And look, that, that, that's obviously so important to, to make it as, as, as widely available as possible. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that has come to light as well with COVID is while people might have felt that they were um, maybe only able to apply to certain um, colleges based on their location. I think with everything being online at the moment, it really, really opens it up for people and gives them a lot more different options available. So while you might live in Dublin, you could currently actually go study in GMIT or one of the other courses up in UUJ um, because a lot of it is online at the minute. So it makes it really accessible. That's an excellent point, Karen. It's something I think that everyone's looking to a bit more now and it opens definitely more avenues for people, isn't it? And... I think another thing from, from my perspective on account it's really important is that obviously a lot of hard work done by yourself and others in the association to, to build those partnerships. But I think universities and colleges are more open now to recognising, I suppose, players and what they can offer the college and, and, and becoming partners with us, I suppose, in, in helping players and people develop off the field. So I think that's really positive for us and something we'll continue to grow going forward. Ian, can I ask you something there as well? Just, just thinking back on the services, um, and we talked about the coaching, the one-to-one -one coaching. But you mentioned as well that often the one-to-one -one coaching will allow you then to direct players into other programs and supports. Can you talk to some of the other programs and supports that we have available that you found have been quite, I suppose, uh, heavily engaged over the last while or could be a big benefit to players um, over the next few months? Sure, yeah. So typically the... The coaching program is at the forefront and there's a couple of sessions complete so that the player has an understanding of where they'd like to take it and then the player development manager can kind of analyze the needs of the of the individual so depending on the need let's say it might be a career move or a career progression there's support there in terms of developing a cv to highlight the transferable skills and the unique transferable skills that an inter-county player has there's support there also then in terms of interview preparation to be able to articulate your own skills, your interests and your experience in advance of the actual interview. From an education side of things, it's typically linking them in with Karen for a conversation around the process of applying for one of the enhanced scholarships or entering to the education training fund for, for a grant for their part-time course. From a personal lifestyle side of things, we have the, the, the coaching is really helpful, but there's also resources and online resources that we're developing at the minute through Udemy, which is an online learning platform, and SilverCloud. The, the business development space has definitely been one that has been popular over the COVID-19 break from play as well. Players have been looking to develop their entrepreneurial skills and venture into alternative areas. There are supports there in terms of graphic design, social media, digital marketing strategies, accountancy, cash flow business advice so it, it's really dependent on the need column in terms yeah. of where we would signpost but 
one thing that we seek to provide the player with the tools, the resources, the knowledge, and facilitate them to to achieve what they're looking to achieve. Yeah, and fair play for dropping Kieran McSweeney into the interview prep. And I know he must have asked you to do that and, and blow a trumpet for him, but it has been something that I think a lot of players have engaged and have found a lot of benefit in. So, Kieran, I'll give you a little bit of credit in this podcast for once. I won't let everyone else take it from you. Um, guys, it, it's it's fantastic work's being done, and I think um, what really helps too, and from what I've seen, um, is players talking to players too about the the, the coaching they went through and the services. So. I know we encourage people who went through the program um, to discuss with players and, and, and give feedback on it. But I think that's really important that, you know, listening to you, Ian, or myself or someone else can be great and provides a lot of information. But, you know, a fellow teammate discussing how they found it beneficial can really help in, in helping players engage more. So, Ian, as you say, lots of um, support there for players and we would always encourage players to to take us up on that support and come and talk to us and see what they can take advantage of. What's the, the best way to get in contact with you, Ian? The best way to get in contact would be simply through emailing me and expressing interest in engaging the programme. So, Ian at Gaelic Players is the best email address for me. And, Karen, from your perspective, any players, former players who are listening and who are thinking about the next steps in terms of their educational development. Um, if they want to come and have a chat with you, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, very similar to Ian. If you just contact me at Karen at GaelicPlayers.com and we can arrange a phone call. And I suppose finally, just to wrap the whole thing up, um, as we said at the very beginning, players are back to uh, training now, games back on. We don't want them to lose sight of the fact that uh, th- these supports and this development supports are there for them. Um, do you notice, Ian, that when it comes to, and look, we obviously we haven't had a normal season this year or last year, but when it comes to um, the games being back on, that we've, we have a, a, a dip in terms of the amount of players support, or is it something that's consistent throughout, or do they wait for an off-season and, and, and when games are finished to come and, and, and discuss these options? No, Karen. it's very much that players are in touch on an ongoing basis throughout the 12 months of the year. So the support structures and the and the, the programmes are available 24-7-365. As of 12 o'clock this afternoon, there has been 402 coaching sessions with individual players in the first 16 weeks of the year. So that demand will increase. It will be sustained throughout the, the championship period as well. It also provides players to step outside the the football or the camogie or the hurling bubble for an hour once a week for a period of time to discuss how things are going from a wider point of view. So, no, the the stream is steady and numerous players are are availing of it over the over the start and will continue to do so over the next period of time. From four hundred and two players in sixteen weeks, what does that work out on a yearly basis? You know I can't. I have my calculator here, Kieran. I have my. I'm doing this on my phone, so that's a that's a lousy question to ask. It means a lot of coaching sessions done by the guys, and that would be fair just to say without without blowing smoke up, up them or, or present too much. But there's been fantastic work done by Jenny and Ian on this. Um, like their commitment to the coaching over the number of weeks we've seen it internally, but um, we get a lot of praise for what they do. Um, and a lot of passion and drive behind it. So. Thanks uh, to Ian and Karen um, for all the work done so far and really looking forward to, to engaging more players over the coming weeks and months. Um, exciting times for the association. And um, you know, I think this will be a great help for players listening to it 
and hopefully engaging going forward. And that is the main thing. Look, players, if you are listening, former players are listening, do get in touch. That's Ian at GaelicPlayers.com, Karen at GaelicPlayers.com, Ian Reeves, Player Development Manager with the Gaelic Players Association, and Karen Thorpe, who looks after the education side um, of things in the Gaelic Players Association. Thanks very much for your time on The Player's Voice. Thanks, lads. Thanks, guys. Well, if you've been following The Player's Voice podcast in recent weeks, you'll have heard a lot of information from our official healthcare partner, UPMC, around different areas in terms of preparation and recovery from injury as well. And this week, we're delighted to be joined by Volker Musal, who's a world-renowned orthopaedic surgeon and division chief of UPMC Sports Medicine. And he's here to talk to us about recovery from ACL surgery and how patience is so important and that this will help prevent re-injury. Hi, my name is Volker Musal. I'm chief of sports medicine for UPMC in Pittsburgh. I specialize in knee reconstructive surgery. Today I'm going to talk about recovering from an ACL surgery and more importantly, how to reduce the risk of a subsequent ACL rupture. Here's what's important. Day one after surgery, you want a good feeling and sensation in your quad and thigh and ensure that your muscles are firing on demand. So one week after surgery, you'll need to continue to take it easy. So at one month, you should have nearly full range of motion in the knee and be ready to begin your physiotherapy. So now we are two to six months post-surgery. This can be the most challenging time frame. Be patient and trust the process. Okay, six months post-surgery. You should now be ready to enter a structured and monitored non-contact return to play phase. Nine months and beyond, you should now be ready to enter team play depending on the outcome of your return to sports readiness test. Here are the three takeaways to a successful ACL recovery. Number one, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Trust the process. 75% of all failed surgeries happen in the first 12 months, so be patient. Number two, recovery will test you physically and mentally. Number three, Make sure you are with the right sports med team, surgeons, and have the support of friends and family. A successful recovery takes time, and there are certain important milestones your surgeon will want you to hit to ensure you get back to pre-injury level of performance. Welcome. It was great to hear from Ian and Karen in terms of the supports that are available. Um, and without wanting to beat players over the head with it in terms of the message, but it is so vitally important that they do look after their development off the pitch as well. Yeah, it, it is look for, for any player, no matter what stage you are in your career, um, both um, sporting career and even personal career, um, I think it's just hugely important. You'll get, you'll get impact from this. So I'd uh, encourage them to, to engage with Ian and, and Jenny, um, have that conversation and, and see what areas we can help out with because I definitely think that we can help out with players on, on all different levels. Um, in a number of different areas and it's all about helping them improve their, their life balance. So um, thanks to Ian and Karen for coming on board. It's great to have some of the staff on the podcast um, again and hope they do an awful amount of great work here. So I think it's it's also great to have them recognised and, and speak about the work they're very passionate about. And great to get that message too from UPMC, from Volker Musel. Um, as we said, world-renowned orthopaedic surgeon and division chief at UPMC Sports Medicine has worked with people in the past, such as Latin Ibrahimovic. So thanks very much for UPMC for that ongoing series as well. Colm, it's been great um, 
doing this podcast with you again. Um, continued good health and success as you are continuing good back training. You keep telling us it's going to be your last year. Um, so I suppose we'll probably still be hearing that in about 10 or 11 years time. But, um, <laughs> but in, in, enjoy it out in the pitch. So thanks, mate. All Cheers, good. Um, come back to us and listen to us again on the Player's Voice next time around. The Gaelic Players Association, representing the interests of all intercounty players, protecting their welfare on and off the pitch and supporting their development as people.